Art of the Kickstart, episode 54. Welcome to the theartofthekickstart.com, where entrepreneurs are constantly pushing the envelope to build businesses of greatness. Inventors are innovating, creating the products of the future, and backers stand strong for what they believe. These are some of the great thinkers, inventors, and leaders of our time. Here are their stories. Today's Art of the Kickstart podcast is brought to you guys by eFulfillmentService.com, the number one name in crowdfunding fulfillment. Hey guys, one of the biggest challenges and questions that I've been getting quite a bit from inventors and innovators out there, and just things I've seen from over 50 plus podcast interviews, is some of the challenges that people have when they're launching their Kickstarter campaign. They want to know, do they have everything ready? Is there anything they missed? So I just put together a checklist 23 steps to make sure your Kickstarter campaign is absolutely ready to dominate when you launch. You guys can get that for free by going to artofthekickstart.com slash checklist. Just signing up and hopefully that will help you launch your campaign hassle-free and just get it off the ground and running smooth. Hey guys, welcome to Art of the Kickstart. Today I'm extremely excited to have Crystal Butler, the brains behind Posture Pulse, the company that's trying to improve people's posture, keep them healthier, and keep them feeling better. Thank you so much for coming today, Crystal. Thanks. Hey, it's great to be here. So first thing we always kick these interviews off with is a life quote, a success quote. Do you have anything? Oh, wow. I have. This is a really common one, I know, but I keep this inside my my closet, actually, so I have to look at it every day. The quote from Voltaire that says, the best is the enemy of the good. Absolutely. It's like good to great. You can be one or the other and they just fight each other off so much. Yeah, you can strive to be perfect and sort of never end up doing anything. (laughs) Or you can pick a point where you say, you know what, it's time to just, you know, take that leap and see what happens. And you took that leap. You decided to launch a Kickstarter campaign for Posture Pulse. Take us back to the beginning before you started this campaign, kind of the process of building the product. Well, the product was under development on a very part-time basis for a long time. I've been wanting to get into wearable technology since probably the 90s, early 90s. I've been interested in it and followed it on and off. I used to be in the fashion industry, so it was sort of a natural segue for me. And uh, a few years ago, I decided that I was going to get out of the industry and I've been studying computer science and things like that. And I wanted to also start working on wearables in my free time. And so initially, and I knew nothing about electronics or anything like that. So initially, there was just a lot of sort of learning the really the basics of electronics and how sensors worked and how to get just some really simple things like who do you talk to about getting, you know, a casing made to put your electronics inside of and things like that. So that was a really long stretch at the beginning was just, you know, the initial sort of foundational work of just understanding how the consumer electronics development process works. And it's a tricky, troublesome process. There's so many people now that are trying to put out wearables products. There's so much competition. How'd you decide what you wanted to focus on? Why posture? Why helping people stand and sit better? Well, I'm interested in the physical and mental health space in particular, just because I feel like wearables have such great potential to improve people's health and to make them feel better and make their lives better. And I really feel like that's the application that I'm most interested in. And I was thinking, you know, there are all these products out there that are for people who are essentially already healthy, right? I mean, a lot of activity trackers are being used by people who are already doing things like running and taking care of themselves. Although I know sometimes people use them to make the transition from a less healthy 
healthy lifestyle to a more healthy lifestyle. But posture in particular is one of the things that I think is really an, an issue that's sort of this silent problem that people don't really pay a lot of attention to. But because we've become so sedentary and so many people work in offices and are sitting all day long, it's sort of the basis of a lot of physical and, and mental, if not diseases, at least disorders. And I thought, you know, this would be a great way to be able to sort of fix the basis of the problem that is the foundation of many problems and do something that was a little bit different than, you know, just another activity track. And it's crazy because those tiny little shifts in your posture, in your body language, they have huge effects upon A, how you feel about yourself and B, how your body actually feels, just the functionality of it. It's a really big problem with a really small solution. Yeah, yeah. And I think that there's really just not as much awareness of it as there could be. There are a couple other great products out there that are addressing that now, and that's fantastic. But I think that it doesn't have the attention of a broader audience, unfortunately. I think it's just it's something people don't really think about until maybe they're having serious problems with their back. And even then, maybe they go to a chiropractor or something like that, or they exercise more, which is great. But they don't really fix the you know, sort of the, the basis of the problem, which is that they're constantly compressing their spine in a way that's causing them to feel uncomfortable and cause them to have physical problems. And yeah, and you know, to sit up straight instantly makes you more confident and makes people around you perceive you as more confident and competent. So I think it's a really neglected area of health. And a big problem for you guys, for people dealing with posture in general, it's not a sexy topic and it's not a sexy, (laughs) and it's not a sexy product. I mean, it just, it almost looks like a belt and you did a great job with what you had to work with. But at the same time, this isn't some Fitbit band. It's not the next Google Glass. It doesn't have this cutting edge look to it. It just looks normal. Yeah, it's really a little bit more akin to a typical medical device. And I think that definitely it's not sexy. It's not like something that is kind of magical and giving you all of this information, especially our product without the app. I mean, ours was really just meant to give you immediate physical feedback as to whether you're sitting correctly or not. So yeah, it was definitely a, a sort of set apart from other wearable technology in that way, the simplicity of it. So I wanted to have you on here. In spite of the fact that your campaign didn't fund, you're still someone that's really passionate about crowdfunding. You're really passionate about wearables and the future of tech. So I want you to kind of share the story. Why did you come to crowdfunding and Kickstarter? And why didn't your project fund, in your opinion? Well, I've supported several projects myself on Kickstarter. And a couple of years ago, actually, with another group, I did a very small Kickstarter campaign. And we had really great interactions with the people at Kickstarter. You know, feedback from the Kickstarter person that chose our project and approved our project actually got in touch with us and said, we think, you know, we really love your project. Of course, this was when Kickstarter was a little smaller. They were still already pretty large. So I already had a really good feeling about Kickstarter. And I just love the idea of individuals being able to get involved in not only deciding whether a product goes to market, but even getting involved in the design, being able to give feedback about it as the product is being developed. I mean, I think that that's just such an improvement on the traditional model of the way that products are created, which is just sort of some people in a room or coming up with ideas. Maybe they get a few people to test it or they get some feedback or they do focus groups or something 
something like that. But I thought, you know, this is a great way to find out if it's really viable. You know, you'd sink or swim. And unfortunately, this one sunk. But you really find out whether, at least within the Kickstarter ecology, you know, whether the pe- the people that are on Kickstarter, which are, uh, you know, as we were talking about earlier, a very particular group of people, whether they think your product is worthwhile. And so I decided to go with Kickstarter and see whether we could raise enough money to get this thing really off the ground in a big way because we wanted to do it at a reasonable price, which meant we had to produce a large number of units. So we had to set a fairly high goal. And I think that the reason that it didn't succeed was because it was a little bit too low tech. And also our entry into the market happened to be a little bit later than a couple of other similar products because I was working on the development of Posture Pulse, which took me a really long time because this is my first wearables project. You know, I really had to find all the people to help me and to help with the marketing and all of that. So I think by the time we get the campaign up on Kickstarter, we already had a couple of people with similar products who had gotten in before us. And then our product was not really correctly targeted towards the Kickstarter audience, I think. And that's a big challenge that a lot of creators have, especially with Kickstarter. It is a high tech, high design, hipster focused platform, in my opinion. And that leads to tons of cool and creative, innovative products. But what you guys were creating, it was more for your typical office worker to make sure that if you're sitting on a computer eight hours a day, first of all, that's not very good for your health. But second of all, it's probably not too great for your posture either. It's leading to back issues, like you were saying, chiropractors. We were talking a little bit before the program about potential pivots that you guys could have. Where do you see Posture Pulse going in the future? Will this stay as is or what are you planning? I'd really like to go forward with some ideas that are a little bit more technical that might be more focused on a particular sport, for example, and include an app this time. (laughs) I'd really still like the idea of being in a space that's not just the tracking space that so many people are in, but to help people with their posture, with their form in a way that's a little bit more dynamic, perhaps. So I'm thinking about some ideas there where maybe there are some sports applications. There most definitely are, especially with running. We talked about it before. Hopefully you guys break it into that market. I want to jump now into the launch round. How's that sound, Crystal? That's great. Guys, I want to tell you a little bit more about today's show sponsor, eFulfillmentService.com. EFS is a company that I personally recommend for crowdfunding fulfillment. So you run your campaign, you got to ship those products out to your backers, all of the rewards, tens, hundreds, thousands, you might not have time to do it all on your own. Work with a company like EFS at artofthekickstart.com slash EFS, and they'll help you manage all the hassles of your post-campaign success. Welcome to the launch round, where we take our guests through a series of rapid fire questions geared towards unlocking the inner inventor and entrepreneur in all of us. Get ready to blast off and unlock your inner potential. Let's do this. So first question for you, Crystal. This is a really cool wearable product, in my opinion. Where do you see wearables 10, 20 years down the road? I think they're going to be just as common as cell phones. I think there could be a proliferation of devices that are very specialized. So I think that we might just see that technology is integrated into a lot of everyday devices or clothing or other products, accessories, things like that, um, bags, whatever that we carry around. So you used to be a fashion designer, you said, and now you're getting into the wearable space. It's a cool transition. Have there been any other designers or companies really aesthetically focused wearable or textile products that really motivated you and your sense of design? 
Well, there are some fashion designers that have done some great wearable stuff, like uh, Cute Circuit in particular. I just absolutely love what they do, but that's more on the fashion side of things. A lot of the inspiration I've gotten for wearables has come more from industrial design for things like, I don't know, let's say Nest or products like that, where they've really just taken something not very well designed before, frankly, and added new technology and functionality to it and made it beautiful. So that's that was my philosophy approaching the idea of working on wearables was to try to come up with something that could add new functionality to something that, you know, maybe somebody's already going to wear or to an existing product. In this case, I came up with something that was not quite an existing product. I mean, it was a waistband. It's very similar to a belt, but it doesn't really function as a belt. But I wanted to be able to make something that was attractive and that was easy to put on your body and comfortable and felt natural and just would do something that added value to a person's life, I guess, improve their life in some way. That's the entire goal of wearables. I do think you will find the market. I do see this fitting. My next question for you. So you've made this transition. You're an entrepreneur now, and that's amazing. I love entrepreneurship. I think it's the backbone of business. Have there been any entrepreneurs or role models for you that you've really looked up to? They've really helped you along in this journey? That's a tough question because there are so many great success stories here in <laughs> in New York in particular. I have a friend who is doing startup tours for a while, and this isn't exactly you know the, the Kickstarter or the wearable space. But for example, I remember I was helping out taking photographs on these startup tours, and we went to Foursquare, for example, and just hearing the story there of how the company got started and seeing where they were at at that point was amazing. But I heard several stories like that. <laughs> there are a lot of them here. Uh, I think I'd have a hard time picking one in particular. I think it's just the mindset in general and being sort of immersed in that culture here. You just find it everywhere. I mean, people have ideas and you see people taking those ideas and doing something with them. And, you know, you go, wow, you know, I could do that too. It's possible. (laughs) I love that answer. That is so much more important than a single person. It's just get around the culture, get around other people that are doing it. And it's going to transform how you look at the world. Yeah, yeah, completely. It's just, uh, it's really amazing when you just see that that people can just take something from an idea and then within a few years or sometimes even less, I mean, it's a huge company or it's out there and everybody knows about it. So among entrepreneurs, one thing that's very rare and something that's a travesty to me, there's not enough focus on health, fitness and wellness. One thing I see with you, you're starting a business, but at the same time, I click on your Facebook page, you're doing these amazing yoga poses, you're doing headstands. You're in great shape. You said you do yoga. How does health and fitness play into the life of an entrepreneur and help you innovate and succeed in better and better ways? Wow, I could talk about how important health and fitness are for succeeding at anything at great length, but I'll try to keep it short. I believe that being well is the foundation of being good at everything else, at being able to be successful at everything else in your life. If you aren't well, you can't do anything to your fullest. You can't maximize your cognitive abilities or your physical abilities. You'll be fatigued more easily. And you just, you know, to be an entrepreneur takes a lot of energy. (laughs) I mean, a lot of energy and a lot of mental strength and physical stamina just to kind of keep going, to not give up to have a positive outlook and exercise is so important for maintaining a positive outlook. So it's fed not only into my ideas for products, but also into just the sustainability of being able to sort of keep the the mindset of an entrepreneur. Yes, the sustainability of life. Go hit the gym, guys. Go for a run, do some yoga, do something. (laughs) 
Once this, yeah. inter- once this interview's <laughs> over, of course. And last question of the launch round, Crystal. Have there been any mm-hmm. business books or books in general that have been real influential on you in your life? Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. This is going way back. <laughs> it's sort of a, it has a very DIY ethos, I think, but it's more about just taking responsibility for learning and for solving your own problems. And so it's not really specific to business. It's more philosophical and conceptual. And this was quite a while ago. I, I mean, I had a company previously. I had a fashion company before I, you know, what I'm doing now. I had a clothing company for 10 years and I read that book before I started the clothing company. So yeah, I would say that's the one. You've been an entrepreneur. You've been doing this for quite some time. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to get you on here. You failed a Kickstarter campaign, and that's so hard for people. But at the same time, you're coming out stronger. You're coming up with new ideas to use the product, new ways to do this, that, and the other. And that's what I want to ask you about. So we touched upon it earlier. Your campaign didn't fund. What are some things that you learned from that that other people can learn from? What are some issues you'd avoid on your next go-around? Because you will be coming back to Kickstarter. I see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm already just trying to make a decision about what to work on next. So I had some really great feedback from backers. I probably learned as much from the backers, if not more, than I did just from my own experiences. But I think too much of what I was trying to work on happened during the Kickstarter campaign rather than before the campaign. There were some marketing tips that people gave me, such as lining up interviews with bloggers and other writers from tech outlets that would be able to cover the product, trying to get that lined up before the campaign started. I actually was working with a marketing company on trying to do that as the campaign was going along and coming up with additional ways to use the product and more of a story about the product and also to get an expert to review the product. These were things that people recommended to me as we were going through the campaign. So I think having that lined up in advance of starting the campaign, because really it's got to be ready to go right as you launch. The momentum has to start right at the beginning. I mean, you've got to come out strong, unfortunately. And I, I know people have seen the metrics. You know, if you don't succeed within the first week or two, it's really unlikely that you're going to make it in the last couple of weeks. And that was really sort of true. We saw the momentum at the beginning and then things slowed down a lot. So I think just having a stronger campaign with a lot more to back it up and more press lined up at the very beginning would have made a huge difference for our our whole campaign. That is great feedback. I love the idea of setting up interviews in advance. And yeah, nobody wants to back a losing horse. They want to bet on the winner. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot of psychology that goes into it. So you've got to come out and really look like you're already succeeding, (laughs) which is it's kind of inverted, isn't it? Because you get on Kickstarter because you need help and you want to get to the next level to make this thing succeed. But you almost need to look like you're there already. in order to get people to to back you. Last question for you. You've been an awesome guest, Crystal. I love the story. I love what you're working on doing. If you had one piece of advice, you've been an entrepreneur, you've been a businesswoman for quite some time. If you had one piece of advice for people out there that want to start their own business, they want to create a product or do something awesome, what would you tell them? I would say to make sure that you really know who your customer is and that you talk to them and get feedback from them. That's absolutely key to get that information early and incorporate it into what you're making and also be willing to accept that maybe what you're making isn't exactly what that customer wants or maybe there isn't a customer for it. So to identify your market and to make sure that you're speaking to your market correctly. And to do that as quickly as possible and pivot when you have to. 
Exactly. Yeah. That's how you dominate. Crystal, thank you so much for coming on. You've been an awesome guest. I love the story. I love the fact that you're trying to take wearables and create a healthier product for people to use to help them along in their lives. If people want to connect with you, if they want to check out Posture Pulse, maybe get some pre-orders on that or just say hey and say thanks for being an awesome guest, where should they reach out to you? Well, right now they can reach me at crystal at posturepulse.com. I'd be happy to talk to anybody who wants to get in touch with me and discuss it further. Guys, check it out. Go there and tell Crystal thank you for coming on the interview and sharing her story. Hopefully she helps you guys in her campaign. And we know she's going to be back in the future dominating as usual. Thank you so much for coming on today, Crystal. You've been awesome. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Art of the Kickstart, where we believe makers, inventors, and entrepreneurs are changing the world and bringing humanity forward into the future. I'm your host, Matt Ward, and it's been a pleasure guiding you through this journey of creation and innovation. I hope you're inspired by this and check out artofthekickstart.com to get more information and tactics to help you launch your own business, product, and dreams. 